I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Uh, good morning. It's Francis from Oops, the podcast with Julio. Hi, G. How are you? What's up, Dan? How you doing? Well, I was just telling you off air, I'm a little, <clears throat> a little slow out of the blocks today. I had a, had a bad edible experience last night. Everyone's had one. Uh, I haven't had one in a very long time, but I had too many edibles. Yeah. So I'm dragging. I'm dragging big time. Couldn't get out of bed. Um, I threw up last night. Dude, I went from like, I'm not kidding you, because I, I gave my girlfriend some too, but I gave her half of what I had. And I think she was just like comfortably toasty high. And we mm. were like wrestling and having a great time. And then I'm wrestling. not you, five minutes later, dude, I was on the couch and I couldn't, I was like drooling. My mouth was, my mouth was like salivating and it was bad. Jesus. Dude, first of all, why are you wrestling with your girlfriend? Francis off the top rope. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not oh. like five-star frog splashing her. I'm not like tombstone <laughs> pile driving my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like, I was like chasing her around. I was just being real goofy. Um, just kicking her ass, dude. Yeah, just whooping. Nah, it's too much. Um, <laughs> just, you know, putting her in figure four leg locks. Um <laughs> We, I don't know. We, we, we finished uh, kind of – what did we finish doing? We finished pretty much setting up the apartment. So it's like it has now accommodated her. She moved in, obviously. And she's made a bunch of additions. She's sort of streamlined our, our kitchen drawers. Nice. She has rearranged my closet so it's, there's much more capacity in there. And everything is just going a lot better. And I was so happy about it and so high that I was just like – chasing her around and i don't know being a goofball you know what i mean (laughs) apparently chasing the dragon too with edibles dude well yeah that was a mistake so i ended up lying down on the couch and then she had to like put a cold towel on my face and i'm sitting there and i can't even separate my lips to talk uh and then eventually i was like i'm gonna throw up and i got up and and threw up in the bathroom and sorry once you threw up did you continue throwing up throughout the night no that's no, good. which was lucky. It That's was great. just like a, a silver bullet throw up. Yeah, just fantastic. Boot rally. Didn't really rally, but, you know, did okay. Dude, when was the last time you threw up, man? Dude, okay. So I had an edible experience like a year or two ago where I, I had been drinking too, which is like the absolute kiss of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And I started throwing up and I just couldn't stop. And it got to the point where like, I couldn't see because I was sweating so much and I had to take my shirt off and my shirt was drenched and I still like, it was, it was disgusting for like a few hours, dude. Um, That's brutal. So I feel your pain. I know how, how difficult it feels to get nauseous when you're on edibles. Was there any part of you that was afraid you had COVID? <laughs> you start to think crazy shit. Absolutely. Um, but dude, I, I, I've never had, like, this was, this was really different. I, I was, um, I was lying on the couch and I couldn't move. Like my hands felt really heavy. Um, I I almost started hallucinating. I felt like I was hallucinating. I was seeing these, you ever see like, you ever look through a kaleidoscope? Uh, Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah. So I had I had it set to the red section of the kaleidoscope. <laughs> that was my brain, and it was just like all these little squares and patterns were unfolding. And dude, I, you know the thing is, for some reason, I almost think that the chocolate I ate might have had some sort of other chemical element in it. There, there's no chance that I ate more than like 25 milligrams, which would hmm. still be like a good amount. But I've had 20 yeah. before, multiple You're times. You're a grizzled veteran of edibles. You yeah, I have, you know, I, now I haven't eaten edibles in, in over a week or two. So it's possible that that way of ingesting weed, I took a few days off of weed um, this week just to prove that I could. And um, I don't know, dude, it, it, it got away from me fast. And I was then telling my girlfriend I needed to sleep on the couch mm-hmm. like a like a visitor. And uh, she was like, okay. So she set me up to sleep on the couch. And then I thought, you know, my God, life would just be so much better if I can make it to the bed. And I got to the bed at 9.45 and slept from 9.45 until 8.30. So yeah, almost 11 hours, which was solid, whatever. Did Pretty sleep on the couch? Story, but, huh? What'd you say? What'd you say? Pretty boring story, but no, no, dude. It's listen, man. It. This is yeah. this is life, bro. The details of life. We've all had. <laughs> well, the details of life, dude. I'm getting more texts from mutual acquaintances of ours asking me what the fuck has happened to Julio. <laughs> now that more and more people are catching on that you're doing this tour <laughs> of the United States, uh, wh- where are you now? What's the latest? Give us the Julio update. I'm in Rapid City, South Dakota. Dude, I've been blasting through the country. I don't know if I've, I've driven like 2,500 miles in probably four or five days. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it's too much, man. Like yesterday, but this is the thing. I, I was in this like weird in-between period where I wanted to see this cool shit in Nebraska. These, these like stone things that are so fucking cool. This thing called Scott's Bluff and another thing called, I think it's the Agate Fossil Beds. Oh, I, yeah. My instinct is to call it Agate, but there's mm-hmm. no like... Like, a, like agave yeah <laughs> exactly so there was nowhere between oklahoma city and there for me to stop so i had to stop in some like weird ass place for the night um and then i wanted to get straight to south dakota because i didn't want to stay in some like random city or some random shitty hotel again so i got all the way up here um so i drove from oklahoma city to this like random town in Texas or in kansas and dude the hotel I stayed at in this town in Kansas was scary, man. It was like- I saw a picture, yeah. It was an Econo Lodge. And the saving grace was that the guy who owned it was this really nice Indian guy. And his wife was the, presumably the one cleaning the rooms. And they were so nice and warm that it made me feel better about the situation because the room was really scary. Um, <laughs> Why was it scary? It was like ground floor. The lighting was shitty. The room was just like not that nice. You know what I mean? The, the room was, it was $45. Yeah, I saw- I saw the picture of it and um, it just made me think, you know, we really need to get this podcast going so that we can help you. <laughs> Dude, there were no options. I've been staying in nice hotels, like relatively nice hotels for the most part. This was the best option in the area. Plus they had laundry machines and I needed to do laundry. You are doing laundry from hotel to hotel. This is... I, one, one time, one time. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to reboot, dude. Um, so... But this is the thing. I, uh, it was really creepy, man. Like I was walking around because you have to walk outside to get to the laundry room and some kid appeared out of nowhere and he goes, hey man, are you looking for a cat? And I was like, <laughs> no. And he goes, oh, all right, well, if you were, I just saw it. And I was like, 
have a good night, man. Like, she's like, get the fuck out of here. So, dude, I slept with the team. So, as I was falling asleep, a beetle flew into, into my hair, which is oh, not ideal. God. It wasn't a scary beetle. It was like a nice beetle. I don't know. Yeah, if, maybe, maybe. Hopefully, our listeners know what I'm talking about when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was obviously not ideal. I'm like, what other kind of fucking critters are in here? So, you know, I went, and then there was a gigantic lightning and thunderstorm, which is fine. But, like, Kansas is like a little dodgy with like tornadoes and shit i know it's not hurricane alley or tornado alley yeah right so anyway i wake up at like 5 a.m i just get the fuck out of there and then i drove straight here which was like 600 something miles so i'm not doing anything i'm not doing anything like that again as far as the distance because when you're doing when you're in the car that long i start thinking all sorts of crazy shit like thinking that i have health problems that i don't have just like the hypochondria when you're isolated is like really a thing you know what are you doing to combat those thoughts when you're in the car so dude i'm i'm talking i'm making a shit ton of phone calls i'm just like calling my parents calling girlfriend calling calling people catching up with people whatever and by the end of the day my voice is so hoarse that i'm then again afraid that i have covid oh my god (laughs) dude all right how many more days do you have of this a few more I'm, i'm gonna try to be in chicago for the fourth of july so that i can uh be with the lady, have some fun, whatever, and be around people. Um, I think that's a good idea. And then, and then are you going to drive home from Chicago? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to figure that out. But dude, a couple of things. One, well, first of all, I've been impressed with how every single place I've gone, particularly in the South, that's getting creamed in the media, a shit ton of people have been wearing masks. I, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. You know, I I think there are still a ton of people who are afraid regardless of whatever, however this becomes politicized. You know, even if I know that if I lived in a state where even where the mayor or the governor were saying like, it's up to you, I would probably still be wearing a mask. I say that I'm in New York. It's so much more relaxed here now, dude. The whole country flip flopped like crazy. New York City, it, it, but I say it, 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 the relaxation in New York, it's people are still abiding by what happened. You know what I mean? I think it's, it was as if there was enough of a shell shock right. for people, for that fear to stick with people. And I haven't seen too many people congregating in big groups or right. whatever. Yeah. But the outdoor seating the restaurants um it's nice it's nice there's it uh, it's almost a parisian atmosphere (laughs) you know yeah Um, wicker chairs set out in the sidewalk the one thing that's weird is that a lot of these restaurants have extended their outdoor seating into the street and into the avenue oh wow And so they're almost kind of in like if you have a four-lane avenue i was we were at a restaurant near ninth avenue yesterday um or maybe it was no, it was 10th Avenue, and the whole the whole side the, the the lane where you would be taking the right nearest to the restaurant had turned into their seating, and you just gotta hope that there isn't like some UPS truck that you know forgets or doesn't see just fucking boom. twelve people eating you know frittatas and just <laughs> mow them down. My God, I you know, be a little freaky. That's hilarious. It's a human frittata on the sidewalk, dude. Yeah. Oh, um, dude. So this, this is funny. One of my friends, uh, his name's RJ. He 
I was in Natchez, Mississippi, uh, I believe when we were podcasting and he, there's some, as, like I said, there's a novel that takes place there. He loves that novel. He was like, it's so crazy. You're there. And from there, he just started like telling me to be careful of things that he kind of like gave me these omens that all ended up happening. He's become like the witch doctor of my trip. No. He's like, he's like, so where are you stopping next? And I was like, Oh, I'm stopping in Beaumont, Texas. He goes, Oh man. He goes, Beaumont makes Biloxi look like Monaco. And I was like, haha, like whatever that means. And then he goes, make sure you're careful when you're driving through these little towns. He goes, that's how they make their money is by like speed traps and pulling people over. And I was like, okay. So first of all, I'm driving through a small town in Texas. I get pulled over and I get a $400 ticket. What? <laughs> in a complete speed trap. And it was called Mart, Texas on the main street. If you're driving through there, be careful. Um, how fast it, were you going? So dude, it's this little town. It's like a little strip. And the town is like, it, it looks like it needs a... Uh, a re- some renovations. Let's a facelift, yeah. It's a small town. Um, and so there's a, and when you begin the town, there's a cop. And then like two blocks down, there's another cop. So that first cop gets your radar, the second cop pulls you over. It's like a whole system. Wow. Um, the, the police officer was very, very nice. Very nice, very respectful. Um, and just like a good dude. Like, I, I don't know. So I, I wasn't that upset about it. And I was speeding, but it was like set up to catch people speeding. So anyway, he gives me a ticket and then I'm like, fuck, like this is what happens. And shout out actually to Adam Aaron's, one of our listeners who Venmoed me to, to what he called the Julio ticket fund. <laughs> <laughs> Sent me a nice little Venmo. I appreciate that. Wait, how, how far over the speed limit were you going? So the speed limit drops from like 60 to 30 immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going 52. Okay. So, so you just hadn't quite caught on to the town vibe yet right i I was going way over so but you know it's one of those situations where it's easy to go way over and quite Mm -hmm. frankly man this town looks like it needs the money i'm not the idea of fully paying the ticket doesn't upset me my dad kind of got me riled up he goes that doesn't mean they can fucking rob people julio i was like okay you're right so i might get a lawyer and try to fight it but i might not whatever Uh Um, wow and uh so that happens right (laughs) then i make it to Beaumont, Texas, and I get in my hotel room and I'm sitting and I'm typing on the computer and I see a cockroach crawling right near near my feet. Bro, this is at the Marriott. Oh, you know, the height of luxury. I I mean, listen, that that is fuck you, first. (laughs) But dude, the Marriott is supposed to be a non-cockroach hotel. I'm sorry. Like it's not, you know, I shouldn't be finding cockroaches in my hotel. So dude, I call the 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 front desk. I'm like, I found a fucking cockroach in my room. And the lady goes, oh, was it big? <laughs> I'm like, what are you, my daughter? I'm like, what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> was it big? Like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yes, it was fucking huge. And then they gave me a bunch of points, which I appreciated. I don't know if it made up for the cockroach. And then I found a huge spider in the shower, too. But spiders, I feel like you can't complain about. I don't mind spiders at all. I really? like spiders, in fact. If, I, if, if my girlfriend sees a spider somewhere we are and she tasks me with removing it, I cup it and let it outside with a prayer. That's very nice. I do not uh, kill it. I don't smush it in a washcloth. I send it on its way with a sandwich. Spiders are our friends. Uh, I, I just don't think that I, I, they do so much good for the world. You know. Now, having said that, I've never really run into a a black widow right. or a tarantula. I haven't seen too many spiders that can kill you, but everyone's afraid of them. Oh, dude, speaking of spiders really quick, 
Last night, my girlfriend saw a bug in our apartment. I didn't see it. She shrieked. And I said, <laughs> what happened? And she goes, I just saw a bug with a million legs. Oh, yeah. Now, this made me think immediately of that old Dane Cook bit where he talks about how girlfriends exaggerate all the time. <laughs> and he's like, my girlfriend said she saw a fire last night and there were a million firemen there. And he's like, no, there's no chance that you saw a million firemen. <laughs> and it made me think back to the time of Dane Cook and just how great my life was at that period. That's what I'm I would so do. I, w- I don't know. I just was, I would drive in our beat up Volvo from point A to point B from soccer practice to ice cream to, to some girlfriend's house where, you know, you, you're having sex for like the 16th time in your life. <laughs> you know, how fun was that? The, yeah, 16 and 17. Every sex was so monumental. You were just, <laughs> you were just like, oh, God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and you'd listen to Dane Cook to pump you up on the way. He had so much energy for that 17th sexual encounter. And uh, th- those were the days. Those were the days of Dane Cook. And I almost tweeted out my appreciation about it, but I've also met Dane Cook. And um, at this point, you know, if I said something like, I always worry about this, where I, I worry that if I were to tweet or say something like, man, the days of Dane Cook were so fun, uh, that he would read it and be like, why are, you, why are you acting like the days of Dane Cook are over? I feel you. And I feel you. like that I'm enough on his, maybe close to his galaxy now Definitely. that I was going to give you this TV role in the show that I've written, but fuck you. I saw that tweet <laughs> you wrote back in 2020. I mean, dude, yeah, he's around. So I, I understand that impulse. That is yeah. a fair one for sure. Dude, you remind me of something funny though. Remember like in middle school, I feel like, I don't know about your middle school, but I feel like the cool thing to do in middle school, you, you'd hang out as a big group mm-hmm. because logistics were difficult. No one could drive. So like one person would, have, would host people and mm-hmm. you'd all hang out. I thought that it was like always crazy. Like Saturday night you'd hang out and then Monday you'd hear that while you were all hanging out, somebody was fingering someone under a blanket as you all sat there watching the movie unbeden- like unknowingly. Unbelievable. Which is funny because everybody's just sitting there like watching the movie, but like somebody has his hand in a person. Like that's insane. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I, I've been there. I've been, I've been that guy. I've gotten, I've gotten the fingering uh, during, you know, some really like episodes of Arrested Development. Um, that's what we would watch. And uh, I'm kidding. I didn't get fingered, but I, I did enact some. I did do this. And um, it, it, always, it always impressed me that the girl was so good at keeping a, a steady face. Um, Incredible. And, you know, you're like, you're like part of you is like trying to get a reaction. I don't know, because you hope that you're doing well. But, you know, the other part of you doesn't want to betray the total misdeed that you're committing at that moment. Hand jobs did not lend themselves well to... Um, to under blanket uh, activity though. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they don't. It's too, uh, too, you know. Too pogo too sticky. Yeah, too, too pogo, pogo sticky. Also, you know, in eighth grade, you, you have no finesse. There's a lot of like <laughs> tugging and yanking and shoving yeah. and oh. figuring it out, man, you know? Yeah, a lot of stirring the, the bacon, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Stir the bacon, baby. Stir the bacon. Yeah. Dude, um, I, I had some, wait, did you have more on that? No, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Dude, I had, I had a funny thing happen when I was on this trip, obviously. Um, well, I needed an oil change, 
right? Which and it was fucking annoying. But the oil light in a pops rental on. car. I mean, is that just how, how? See, these are all things like how many oil changes do you need to get? So I've looked into this. I didn't know this before because I don't own a car. But um, you need one about every eight to eight to ten thousand miles. Okay. So I got to about I, I and this car was new, but it was it was approaching eight thousand miles when I started the trip. So say fifteen hundred miles in or whatever, I need an oil change. So I call. Uh, the rental company and you know the customer service took forever so i'm on the phone for i'm waiting for an hour literally they answer and they're like oh let me transfer you to the our roadside assistance i guess that's the person who handles the oil change questions so i'm waiting for another 45 minutes finally the guy answers the phone he goes hello sir he goes are you safe right now and i go yes but if i weren't i'd be fucking dead <laughs> like, <are you> <laughs> like literally it took you 90 minutes to get to answer the phone dude can like, I pause this story for one second? Yeah. Dude, this is something I've always wondered, right? You ever call like a, a car? Yeah, sure. A car service like that or, you're, you know, the rental people or like you call uh, City MD or something and you, you, they pick up an automated service picks up and it's like, hi, you've reached Avis car service. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. And you're like, what fucking people got T-boned and are in a car upside down with gas leaking all over their purse and flames licking out of the air conditioning unit? And they're like, fuck, I gotta call the rental agency. Who is calling the them first yeah, totally because that's why they had to do that that's why they had to enable that like hey listen if you've come here you've made a mistake <laughs> i've always wondered that you know? dude that's very very true man i yeah i have no idea like who these fucking people are who are doing that yeah so sorry keep going well anyway so then i so whatever he he told me what i had to do they would pay for my oil my oil change they were like you know, you can drop it off and get a new car. I'm like, well, you know, I, I like this car. I'm used to it now. And mm. I'm driving long stretches alone. I'd like to keep it. They're like, all right, well, you can go get an oil change. So I go to get an oil change in Oklahoma City, like on the outskirts of the city, which was like kind of a dodgy area. Um, and I drop it off. And dude, the auto, I, I guess this is a thing, but like those like auto repair guys are just like a little, uh, they're like tough. To, this guy was kind of a tough guy. He was a nice guy, but he was a tough guy. And like mm-hmm. the second I was like, hey man, like, can I get an oil change? He immediately starts giving me bad news. He goes, well, you're like sixth or seventh, eighth and ninth in line. I don't know. I'm like, okay, man, well, I have no choice. So, and then I sit down and he goes, you don't have anybody picking you up? And I was like, nope. And he goes, oh, well, it's not going to be for another. I'm like, all right, Jerry, I get it. And then he's like stressing me out. And then lo and behold, I, and I end up driving out of there by noon. So I drop it off. At eight. He was acting like I wasn't going to get out of there until three o'clock. I get out of there by noon. I was like, it was so unnecessary to stress me out like that. How long were you there for? So I was there for like an hour and a half. And okay, then I was like, this is, this is too much of a bummer. So I took an Uber to do some sightseeing. Oh, I see. So it, it did take uh, a good amount of time. It took four, over four hours. All right. But well, then, you know what? Saturday, though. And everybody Fine. was dropping I, their car off. Yeah, I part of me agrees with that guy. I think it's nice that he was like honest and said, you know, he didn't it. try to give you some bullshit good news that it wasn't going to be that long. I'd rather yeah. have it that way. You're right. You're um, right. That's kind of like when you when you go to a restaurant that doesn't take reservations. They say it's going to be an hour, and it takes ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
Dude, I'd rather, uh, but I always wondered if those car mechanic guys, like if they get to work in the morning and immediately just grab a little bit of grease and put it on their face, you know, <laughs> before they've even started, just to make sure everyone knows they're like, they're battle hardened. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to, if I want, if I rolled into a, a mechanic shop and I, the guy I saw was like, had glowing skin and perfectly manicured eyebrows, I'd be like, what? I'm going elsewhere. This is, you know, this guy doesn't no, totally. know. No, I feel you. Yeah. You don't want, dude, this reminded me of high school. Um, There was an auto body class and they would work on local cars from people, you know, as a project. So my dad caught on to this. So my dad's car was always in the shop of the high school Mm. because they would do it for free. He would just give, bring the teacher a bottle of wine, Mr. Zorzi. Oh, nice. Um, Bro. So this is funny because all these kids in my class, like were quote unquote, they would call themselves gearheads. These kids were really good with cars. And like, I wasn't that as good with it as they were. But they would always make fun of me because they'd be like, yo, dude, your dad's piece of shit car's here again. <laughs> like my dad had this old Toyota Corolla. And they'd be like, dude, your dad's car's a piece of shit. Yeah. And then you'd be like, well, joke's on you because he's getting you to perform free labor for the price <laughs> of a decent Chauvignon Blanc. Like, what are you talking about? For an $18.99 Malbec, he's getting his entire car redone. <laughs> It's true, dude. Last thing, these kids in the class, they used to smoke salvia and DMT in the class. So these kids in in the class. Oh, my God. So these kids are like tripping balls, fixing my dad's fucking muffler or whatever. It was so funny. That's not good labor then. Yeah. Salvia salvia ruins you. I've done it. I never have. Is it crazy? It's not that fun, man. It's like, (laughs) it's not, it's not good. I don't, I don't recommend it. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. But dude, okay. So I had two really interesting experiences this weekend. On Saturday, uh, both occurred in Uber's. One was the Uber that I took out to New Jersey to see my old friend, Willie Colon, former uh, right guard for the uh, Super Bowl winning Steelers, also played for the New York Jets, was my co-host on Barstool Breakfast for many years. It was at his house. Um, He had a little party and I went out there for that. And then I had to take an Uber back and I took Ubers because I knew I was going to drink and get a little fucked up and I just, whatever. So but here's, the, here's what was funny. Um, Willie texted me on Wednesday telling me, you know, hey, are you around Saturday night? I'm having a little thing. You should come through. And I said, awesome. Absolutely. Can't wait. Willie is known to host huge parties at his house, awesome. you know, with like bouncy castles and crazy shit, <laughs> you know, get a pig roast. Like he blows it out all the time. And I've missed so many of these parties. On Friday night, I text Willie and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, what time should we get there tomorrow? Really excited. And he responds, one, 
it's uh, it's only going to be men. No ladies, <laughs> no, no ladies coming. Dot dot. He ends every sentence with dot dot dot. By the way, I don't know why. I, I, he's just either very mystical or trying to be mysterious. And the second <laughs> thing he said was he was like, uh, "It's at night. It's a night thing. So like, come at nine. And then third, I, I had asked if I should bring something, and he was like, "Don't bring anything. We're all set." So then I was like, "Okay." Does this mean that he's having strippers? Because I'm not, no women allowed. It's at night. And I know Willie like loves to go to strip clubs. And so if it's all men, I was just like, well, what are we, what are we doing here? And so I had to disinvite my girlfriend under the guise that we might be having strippers come. I was like, babe, I don't think you can come. I think they might be having strippers. And that's like not the easiest way to tell your girlfriend she's not welcome somewhere. <laughs> right. Yes, definitely. And so she was like, are you serious? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you could have done that better. <laughs> Maybe. But but I, I didn't know. I was so confused. And I also, I, I didn't know what else to say. I didn't know if, it, I had no reason to believe that it was just going to be like a guy's poker night. Um, and so she was like, do you like strippers? And I was like, no, not particularly. Every time I've ever been around them, it's felt weirdly asexual and kind of transactional. I always ask them for their real names. They never really give them to me. They give me some like middle real name, halfway real name. Like they're like, I go by Bambi, but it's actually Alexa. And then if you really keep talking to them, they actually tell you it's not Alexa, it's Laura. You really have to get to know them for that actual third step real name. I've had this happen to me before. Um, I don't know why they're so fearful of like stolen identities, these strippers. It's like, listen, you deal only in cash. Nobody's going to steal your identity. Anyway, I point don't is, think that's it. But okay. yeah, well, it could be. It could be. We don't know. I mean, we should talk yeah, to a stripper, I guess. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The point is, um, I get there, I get to Willie's place, and all it was was him and a bunch of his high school football teammates watching UFC fights. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God there aren't gaggles of strippers coming through, and I'm going to have to, like, you know, wash the perfume and glitter off my neck later. Um, So uh, we watched these fights, and it turned out that one of their high school teammates – was no not high school sorry it was all his Hofstra college football teammates and one of them was a guy who was fighting in the UFC fights oh sick this guy Matt Vellante and this was the craziest part the guy that their high school team their college teammate was fighting against was this their heavyweights Matt Vellante is like 5'11 but he fights at like he'd gone up to 255 pounds for this The guy he was fighting was a six foot seven black guy who was like 280, insane reach advantage. And his opponent was the young of another one of their Hofstra teammates. Say it one more time. Youngest? No, he was the younger brother. Gotcha. Of one of their, another one of their Hofstra teammates, whom the first guy, the white guy, Matt Vellante, had bullied on the team. Wow. 
And it was as if the younger brother had taken this fight to enact revenge for his older brother getting bullied all those years ago. Wow. It was like a bully beatdown situation except using your younger dad. Right. And the proxy beatdown. Yeah, I mean, the, the, their friend, Matt Vellante, was like a, a two-to-one underdog. I mean, and yet he was beating this guy, and we were all going nuts. And then he wore himself out, and the, the other guy put him in like a headlock, and he tapped out. But it was pretty wild. Um, but anyway, that, the point was, that was a fun party. The Uber driver who picked me up in New York City and drove me out to Paramus, New Jersey, which is about a 40-minute drive was one of the most fascinating people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> His name was Darren. He was a 50-year-old, 54-year-old black guy that I, I would not have guessed was a day over 38. Seriously. It's true what they say. In, in, one of the most articulate people I've ever spoken to. Didn't mince a single word. Didn't mess up a single word. Um, his adjectival like library was vast. <laughs> He had he used so many different adjectives that I didn't even see coming, uh, and, and 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 here's how I know he was really good at speaking. I found myself the next day using words that I'd heard him use, and I was just retrieving from this wonderful like recent lesson in in uh, in words. So, starts out he he was in the navy. He was a corpsman, which means you know he was a medic or whatever for four years but he couldn't continue in that because he, he found it so hard to treat people knowing that he was hurting them, even in the near term on the route to helping them. But like even just drawing blood or he had, he had to help all these people with their feet because they'd have like blisters and stuff and he'd have to lance these blisters and, and to just know that they were going through any pain at all was too much for him. So he left the service once he was uh, finished with his, his, uh, whatever service and um he he then went into like a seminary and studied to become a priest for a number of years but became spiritual and then thought that the scope of christianity was too narrow that to abide only by this book was limiting to the broader uh essence of of humanity which was that you know regardless of if you're a muslim or a, a jew or a christian that god believes in all of us or some whatever and he's going through all of this. And I'm like, all right, you know, right. not really with you anymore. And then uh, he starts asking me when my birthday is. And I told him my birthday. And dude, this guy had an encyclopedic knowledge of astrology. Oh, my God. And he, he kind of walked me through, you know, the fact that I was a, a, an eight. Had something to do with, like, the numerology of my, my birthday. He was telling me that I'm an Aries, that I have to allow myself two things. One is uh, I have to always act on my first instinct. Even if I'm wrong, it's most important that I follow my first instinct. And number two, I have to allow myself to have temper tantrums. Uh, and I was like, great. Uh, I, I do both of those things pretty much. <laughs> that's the way I live my life. And um, he, he kind of, a lot of it hit really close to home. And it was that classic thing where you're like, are, are you just speaking broadly or is this true to me? You know, was I meant to actually encounter you and, and have this incredible life advice? Then he started sort of diagnosing my girlfriend based on her birthday. And that stuff wasn't as true to form. So I was like, okay, phew, this isn't some, I'm not, I haven't run into Buddha here. You know, this isn't like the, the, the omniscient 
figure yeah. of my life, this Uber driver who's been placed in my lap. We talked a long time, thrilled to have met this guy. I go to the party. I smoke a cigar. Huge mistake. I don't know the last time you had a cigar. It's, uh, it's not a good experience the next no, morning. It's it as either. if you've been chewing down on birch bark like a beaver building a home <laughs> for a week. Oh, my God. My mouth. My mouth just suffered all day Sunday. All right. So, really quick, the Uber driver home could not have been more different from this guy. So, I'm pretty high. Uh, not feeling that great. I hop in the front seat for the drive back to the city. His, his, this guy's name was Javier. Um, we, we had to stop at a gas station to get mm. gas, which was kind okay. of a bummer because I just wanted to get home at that hour. But then we were talking and talking and talking. And this guy is starting a business, right? Now, his business is cam modeling. What is it? webcam modeling like adult webcam modeling and this was his vision basically he's from the dominican republic and he said that in colombia there are thousands of webcam models making an average of like 200 dollars a day um and he said it's just a booming business and that there's no webcam modeling in the dominican republic that prostitution, sex working is rampant. Uh, these sex workers are only getting paid $30 for the entire day. And that if he were to introduce webcam modeling in the Dominican Republic, he felt that he can convert these sex workers and take them off the street and put them in a safer environment where all they'd have to do is just webcam model and, you know, be kind of safe and uh and they wouldn't have to touch men and all that so this guy's like a webcam model pimp dude he not he wants he sees himself as like the robin hood of porn like he's gonna he's gonna (laughs) just clean up i'm not kidding you he said he wants to clean up the streets of the dominican republic eventually run for uh like town council in the dominican republic become a a mayor or an elected official and he's explaining all this to me. All he needs, apparently, to get his business up and running is $20,000 to buy an expensive um, generator because apparently power runs out all the time in the Dominican Republic for just like two-hour periods. Right. And you can't have lost Wi-Fi when you're trying to do live webcam shows. Right. So... Uh, that's why he was saving up and driving Uber. I ended up, here's the question I would ask you. Which of these two guys do you think I tipped more? Wow. Um, because I, be, let's consider it like the these two guy. guys were both almost like shark tank pitches. <laughs> you know, one was offering me like the book of spirituality and astrology and, and reading me about my life. And then the other guy was offering me a an adult entertainment system that was meant to be kind of like the methadone clinic for sex workers like it's, right, just it's a startup like a, to a get green them off startup the which of these two guys do you think sold me more probably the second guy <clears throat> ah fuck the i know reason, the first guy didn't have like a tangible business idea he was just like a know-it-all so i was he, he said he's working on a book He's working oh, okay. on a book. I should have mentioned that, but he didn't. He didn't say he needed money for it. He didn't say right, he needed right. money at all. 
Oh, that's maybe, you know, I guess that makes sense. He said that Uber's been really good to him. He's got three kids and that he's very happy and doesn't need anything. That's a very unusual Uber experience in New York because I feel like Uber drivers in New York don't usually talk at all. So it's weird to get like that LA Uber driver who needs to tell you about what they do for a living, even though they're currently driving you for money. You know what I mean? Um, it's true. I, I think he, he probably was prepared to not speak to me at all, but I was so inquisitive um, because gotcha. I haven't been talking to many people lately. Right. So I just really got into the nitty gritty of his life. Well, dude, it's funny. When you said vast adjectival library, that just sounds like cavernous vaginal chamber to me. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> you're describing like – a woman's like insides or something. It's hilarious. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, that's, it really is nice to get, uh, to have, it's nice to have a nice conversation in an Uber when you want to, when you don't. And like, someone's telling you how they're a producer and a DJ and shit. You're just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Totally. I'm just trying to get to my destination. Dude. When the, when the second guy told me the webcam, when he started the webcam story, I was immediately like, Oh man, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's in porn. He's Here like running go. a, yeah, like this is unsavory. And <laughs> then it turned into like, almost as if, I hate to say this, but like I, when I went to Morocco, there was this like co-op that had helped women who made hand made handmade Berber rugs. Oh, right. Like get out of poverty and teach them the skill of hand weaving. And it was like a, a way to help empower them and give them an income. I felt like this guy was trying to do that with the sex workers of the Dominican Republic. In Which a way. Is noble, man. It is noble. Well, I guess did I ever tell you the story that I heard about sex workers in the Dominican Republic? No, of course not. But here I we mean, go. This is why I'm glad you're my co-host. You have a story about the sex workers in the Dominican Republic. Who would have thought? This is, a, this is a dark story. A friend of mine went to a bachelor party down there and it was on some like, you know, property. And basically there was just hookers sex workers, whatever, that were working at, on the grounds. And dude, to the point where like, my friend said that he saw his friend who was getting married and his father both getting blowjobs under the table at the same time, doing a stare down at each other. And like whoever blinked lost or something. It was like some weird fucking game like that. So dude, my friend asked, there's like a pimp guy on the grounds, okay? And my friend asked him, he's like, you know, I noticed like these girls, like, why are they, he's like, they're so trustworthy. He's like, are you ever worried that like one of them's going to steal someone's shit? Because when you get there, these sex workers, they unpack your shit for you and they make your room up for you. It's like that kind of situation. And the mm -hmm. guy goes, my girls never steal. He goes, you want to know why? And my friend's like, I guess, Jesus, here we go. And mind you, these guys have probably been doing a bunch of drugs. This must've been a really dark moment for him. Cause the guy was like, one time we caught a girl stealing and we brought everybody outside by the pool and I shot her in the head and no one oh, steals anymore. God, dude. That's not so like, really where I thought that was going. Isn't that fucked up? So like, I mean, that's just a story of, I guess, how fucked up it is for sex workers. I'm sure that there's many more stories, you know, proving that guy's point. So maybe this guy's doing God's work, man. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. Oh, you know, it's tough to get past, but uh, I would say that, <laughs> yeah, the guy, my guy had a whole business model planned. He said, you know, he's going to provide the Wi-Fi and the camera equipment and the lighting and the bed and all of that. And then 
he's going to take 30% from their like daily uh, income. I just think that this guy is not aware of how is that, you know, his financing doesn't get uh, manipulated. Right. I just don't think people are going to report the right amounts. Like he hasn't, he told me he had two investors who had given him $3,000 each at, for 1% of his company. And he was like, they really trust my pitch. And I was like, that means you're valuing your company right now, which hasn't even gotten off the ground at $300,000. And he was like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, how'd you fucking come up with that number? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. And he, so Dude, I don't know. I'm not also, I'm not long with guys' chances, to be honest. Dude, also this just like this fucking webcam factory that's gonna be running of just rooms of like women playing with themselves on webcams is gonna be like a crazy city. He's gonna need a serious generator for like hundreds of fucking And he said he also needs air conditioning because people don't like looking at sweaty webcam models. And oh I was like, God. well, in a weird way, you've kind of thought of everything, dude. Like clearly. <laughs> and then he started, dude, then he starts rattling off. He's like, we've already, we've already gotten cleared to be on live Jasmine jerk mate. And he's naming all these sites that like pop up his ads before your porn on Pornhub starts. And I'm like, I didn't even realize people actually went to those, <laughs> you know, those ads where they knock on the glass and they're like, Hey, Hey, you. Yeah. Are, are you, you jerking off right now? Come play with me. And you're like, not now, bitch. I'm waiting for my scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's and really you skip funny. ad after five seconds. That's really funny. Yeah. It's That's either funny. that ad or it's like, <laughs> it's the one. I don't know if you've seen this with the two shot glasses. And it's like a, a, a counter medicine to help you increase your sperm load uh, like I've count seen and one of them is they're filling up one of the sperm glasses and it's like trickling in and then the one on the right is like how it's supposed to look after you've taken their medicine and it just starts like dumping and dumping and dumping that's hilarious dude that's tar <laughs> that's targeted advertising because your devices know how much weed you smoke because <laughs> <laughs> i don't get those <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I don't get the penis enlargement ones anymore, which is nice. It seems like they finally realized I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident, you know, so <laughs> they've turned Keep those off. That's yeah. my boy. It's my boy. Yeah. Yeah. So dude, fucking wild week. Uh, we're heading out for, to the Hamptons on the fourth, um, right before, before the fourth and, uh, you'll be in Chicago. So we'll just be orbiting, uh, a little bit but um let's wrap it there awesome uh um, great great episode man thanks uh thanks for checking in with us absolutely man next time i talk to you guys i should be <laughs> in at yellowstone so wow that's that's really cool um you should check yeah. out uh glacier national park isn't that that that's in wyoming i think so montana i think might be. It might be Montana. I don't know. I got to look into that. But yeah, I, I, I should definitely do that. Uh, if you guys follow along my Instagram story, I'm posting everything. Uh, and I'm toying around with doing a little like one-off series about about the trip in, in really uh, grainy detail. That could be a lot of fun. So um, I'll keep you, everybody posted. And thanks for supporting and giving me your recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> follow him, not Julio with a J. Not
the J. I'm Francis C.C. Ellis. Send everything you've got to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. For now, I'm Francis. He's Julio. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everybody.